0: The reasons you would acquire is, you know, to save brain damage, to to learn from the prior owners, you know, mistakes and successes also, you know, they know what works, they know what doesn't work, you know, and if you can get that training, and that leadership of three, four, five, ten 10 years worth of mistakes, and you can get that all, you know, if, if they agree to stay on for three months, or six months, if you can get all that in, Three or six months. Man, that's huge. You just save 10 years worth of learning. You piled it all into three or six months. You know, if you could do that, just think about If you could do that over and over and over and over.
1: The move entrepreneur evolved podcast. Get on it. All right, we're back with the Moved Entrepreneur Evolve Podcast. And we have our new guest today, Michael Byers with Acquisitionpreneur. Super stoked to have you on, man. How you doing?
0: great man how are you i'm
1: doing good man i'm doing good great to be here it is it's really good to be here man i I look forward to hearing about your story um and i also like to hear a little bit about acquisitions um because there's many ways to acquiring customers right but i'm gonna dive right in because it's not really fun to just talk about that right away you just (laughs) said something offline talk about acquisition right Somebody's acquiring either a placeholder or applying it. We just got off. We were just talking about ESPN, just talking about crypto.com being on the Staples Center. How crazy is that?
0: Right. That's insane, man. You know, they're where crypto.com is buying that value of being able to be out there and be seen, you know, in the in a, a public facing on the side of a building, you know, and, you know, the Staples Center has always been, you know, a staple in sports, right? So, you know, them taking over that specific center is huge for them also, I believe.
1: I think that um, it's easy to say that LA is kind of the energy of what it's basically saying. Is to say, hey, you're bringing it to, uh, I think YouTube's done a phenomenal job taking down celebrity status, but I definitely would say the world of stars lays in Los Angeles and, if you're going to put crypto.com on there, man, you're, we're at the next level. Do you follow much of That's crypto place yourself? Do, um, do you follow crypto yourself? No. Is that something that you follow? You
0: stay? In no, it? sir. <laughs> I just kind of stay in my lane. I know what works for me, you know, at the end of the day, you know, crypto is good for a lot of people, but you know, for, for me, it's just, you know, I, I know what I'm good at. and I, I just try to, try to do that. I can bet on myself versus betting on the stock market or crypto or any of that stuff it always seems to work out, right? That,
1: that brings up a really good piece. And like I always do, I always try to kind of go back and kind of do a little bit of stuff. And and the very first thing that you posted, and you know, I always sound like a stalker when I do this, but <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, you you had made a, a statement on here. I thought it was pretty interesting. It says, if you've forgotten you're a CEO of your life, you decided who you are, who you hire, fire or promote on a personal level every day, invest more time, money, effort in developing your skills and it will pay off. What was one difficult thing for you will become second nature in time. I think that that was a really good statement and I think that we're in a world now where what we just kind of talked about, maybe you can elaborate too on this is that we just talked about an investment into a building for crypto and maybe you can elaborate a little bit of what, what you feel that that kind of is the same thing as us as humans, right? Basically investing in ourselves.
0: Right. For sure. You know, so, you know, they're investing, they're investing that, that money for the signage and uh, the name change to try to put themselves out there. So the world knows who they are. I think that's super important for you as a person to try to, you know, Invest back in yourself, whether it be education, whether it be going to masterminds, listen to podcasts, any of that stuff, invest in yourself, you know, cause that will, that will grow your confidence and help you be able to get out there. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if people don't know who you are, they don't know who to write the check to. Right. So uh, that's, that's super important in my opinion for you to invest back in yourself and invest back into your brand, your, your, your team, your business.
1: In acquisition, uh, what got you into acquisition and maybe a little bit of a deep dive into many paths. <laughs> you don't go, at, I don't know, maybe you did, but going in from out of college or out of high school, you don't say I'm going into acquisition. So maybe you can give a little, a little background on what took you
0: into that field. For sure. So when I was in you know, I, I started out, I grew up in a small little town in South Carolina, you know, about 12,000 people, uh, did pretty good in school, had a, got an academic scholarship going to Clemson University over here, um, stayed there for about a year and a half. During that time, I started a small little tech support company, which ended up working out all right for me. I decided I was going to quit college and, and continue on down that path. Um, I got, uh, I started, you know, after I got out of college, or dropped out of college, I bought a restaurant, worked, worked in it, you know, day and night trying to build it. it. We started out, it it was not very good, but, you know, it was kind of putting the pieces back together, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I ended up, uh, about eight, eight to 10 X in that business ended up selling it. About eight years later,
1: mm.
0: as soon as I sold it, I bought another restaurant, did the same thing, but instead of it taking me eight years to get it built up, I did the same process and I ended up selling it about 16 months later mm. for about eight X of what, what I had invested in. Um, so I, I take that money, uh, the tech support company is still doing, doing well. You know, now I still have the tech support company 21 years later. Oh, so okay. we, we started out from a few point of sales in Clemson, South Carolina to now we manage over 10,000 endpoints in the field. So it grew pretty good. I got into the real estate space. So I started buying single family homes, you know, B to C class value add stuff. Stuff so we could go in there and buy cheap and, you know, Add five to ten thousand dollars worth of rehab to it, rent it out for seven to twelve hundred a month normally. Uh, I've got about 165 of those now at this point. But as I bought those, I saw the need for a property management company. So, so I'm gonna process. I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: slow down your resume because you're crushing it. And I'm gonna make <laughs> you go back a little bit, all right, if that's cool. Okay. Sure. So I did. I dig it, man. So, so what? What I think um, would be such value would be. Um, see, I, I acquired a company before myself, and I remember going through that acquisition. And there was a, a there was a position. Is, is it worth it, or am I overpaying? And I remember just kind of thinking, I got to really think about what am I going to do with this after the acquisition. And and I it can't be what it is, right? At any level, oh. more or less. Maybe maybe you could share a little bit about what those steps were like as a juvenile, I guess, in this sport that you decided to play.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I I first got in, we don't buy anything. Uh, Then I, you know, I I had a a good guy that was helping me along and, and teaching me the ropes in the restaurant business and teaching me a lot of stuff in just general business. So, you know, as I bought the restaurant, we did like an earn out. So he had to stay on for a while until I got accustomed to what I was doing. But I was smart enough to pick up on, on the stuff he was telling me and also elaborate on it and build on that. You know, and, you know, that, that, was, that was huge for me. It's just seeing, being able to kind of get a little bit of coaching, a little bit of molding, for lack of better terms to to kind of go forward with that you know kind of like a mentorship you know but you know without that the the road and without without buying the business if i would had to start it the road would have been much longer and much much more bumpier you know when, when we buy a business we're buying into their systems operations processes everything that they've already got established and you know a lot of times they've they've taken those bumps on the head, just and, and we're learning from that. We're just buying time. That's all we're doing.
1: I think that's a really good statement of what you just said. You're buying time, and I yeah. think that the statement would be, or would you say it's ego that gets in in in, in front of people? Basically saying, look, I can build what Bobby Joe's sloppy Joe's restaurants doing, or I can build whatever business I'm doing and and I'm smart enough. And I remember in my own experience, um, I I ran into that. I, I had started my first business. And as I was rolling through that, I remember just going, I don't understand those pieces of the puzzle. And then once I, I actually got an opportunity to acquire a larger company that had the same structure I plugged and played. And then it was like, it was almost like there was a different energy. Right.
0: Right. It's like, ah, you know, and then you go in and
1: and you take that same fine tooth comb that you did when you were thinking about acquiring and all of that energy and brain power goes into, you know, refurbishing
0: the 62
1: Camaro or whatever. Right. So you, so you take the acquisition, um, and you decide to do it in restaurants. And I think that one thing that you just said is you kind of had a mentor. Um, what were some of those things kind of looking back that were vital, uh, to that kind of transition of your being a, being a student and a mentor, was he a partner of yours or was he most more or less a guide?
0: He was a, he was a partner to some extent, you know, business partner. You know, without that guidance, you know, it would have took me much longer to be able to to have learned on my own versus, you know, him being able to tell me, ooh, I did this one time and it did not work. You do not want to do that, you know. Now, in
1: acquisition, um, you know, we just kind of focused on the starting of it, but that's when your wheel started, right? So you had yourself a nice little cash egg and then that's when you kind of made some some financial decisions. Interesting enough, you went back to the same formula. Um, did you try to apply the same tactics, and they, they didn't work? I did. The same?
0: Or they I did. You know, I applied the same you know systems and processes that I had built over the first eight year stint to be able to grow that other one almost instantaneously. I mean, it was it was crazy. You know, we bought it; it was doing three to $4,000 a week. When I sold it, we were doing somewhere between 40 to $60,000 a week. It's a good, so,
1: that's a crypto return. They would call that.
0: I don't know about crypto. I know it was good though.
1: I'm not a crypto guy either, but I think when we saw it on the Staples center kind of shocked us, right?
0: <laughs> make you wake up and think about it, won't it.
1: Made you think about it. Made you think about it. So you go into restaurants and <clears throat> in the restaurant business, um, I've had friends that own restaurant business. Takes a special person to own a restaurant business. Definitely does. So I
0: won't ever have another one I promise.
1: I saw you cut your teeth, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just too time intensive.
1: Yeah, um when you were doing that when you had the second restaurant, did you find yourself going did you go off on your own or did you find another person to partner up with? Because I found restaurants people do really well with partners just due to the fact of shift change.
0: It was the same guy.
1: Oh, blessed.
0: Yep. So,
1: so you moved from, we... from restaurant and now you sold those restaurants um, and then you moved on, decided to do IT, and then you decided to lock that in. Between those two, when you went from restaurant to IT, that's a bit of a difference.
0: Well, I've had the IT since I was 19. That's right.
1: Sorry. So, you know, flipped them. Was, okay. so, you, so you kept the IT and the restaurants going. Yep. So yep. I think that that opens up a management question. How did you how did you fumble through those?
0: Man, it was just a lot of long hours, long days, seven days a week for, you know, 16, 18 hours a day for years. Wow. Years. It was just, you know, when, when I first started a the restaurant business, I didn't have anything. So I didn't have any choice except to, you know, go to work. And at the end of the day, I just outworked a lot of them. A lot of other people
1: and you found yourself just basically having to just inch it forward a little bit each day maybe that would be yeah. kind of what happened so you make a, a change um and you decide to kind of move through and, and you started by some single are these single family homes that you decided to do
0: yes yep single family
1: and then what was the formula transition for that did you did you find a mentor as well and find someone that help you kind of cut your teeth on that? Or did you feel like you had enough capital to kind of fundamentally give it a shot?
0: No, I, I felt like I had enough capital saved away to where, you know, I, I could go to work. And if I made a few mistakes, I could still outrun it, you know, which is, you know, why we opened the, the property management company. I had them with a different, I had my houses with a different property management company, but I seen, you know, what I was paying those guys, I opened the property management company. But then when I opened the property management company, I bought up a lot of little stuff around that property management. So, you know, we look at our, look at our yearly invoices at the end of the year, every time, every year and we go back and we try to acquire something in that space that we're spending a lot of money on. Cause you know, we don't just manage for me, we manage for other clients also.
1: That's, that was interesting. So um, this is, this is good information is uh, some of those you're running multiple businesses and you're basically saying every year you sit down and your processes we look at every invoice
0: yep we look at we look at where we spend the money you know like two years ago you know we were spending our our main our main cost in the two years before was plumbing so we went out and acquired part of a plumbing company got it so you know same with hvac you know We acquired part of the HVAC company last year, just just because, you know, at the end of the day, we're already spending money in that field. I've got a a general contractor's license. So it it just, it makes sense to buy those bolt-ons. What's your hobbies? Work, reading. Reading? Reading's your hobby. What are you reading? Anything to do with business. I love it, man.
1: That's fantastic. I can I tell.
0: It. It's not, you know, now it's it's not about the money. It's about the thrill of the chase for me. You know, when is the next deal? When can we do and when can we do the next deal? What can we uncover in due diligence before the deal? You know, how, how can we protect us or our, you know, our our clients?
1: You know. I'm gonna kind of say I get a lot of people on the podcast and talk about a lot of stuff and do those things, and it's uh, you have a championship story. I'd like to hear one of the the ones that went. You know what? This ain't gonna work. Where where was there a point in in a transaction or those that you said I, I don't know what to do and you kind of were stumped for yourself because it sounds. And don't get me wrong, it's because you haven't quite, you've done well for yourself. I definitely am not pulling any of that away from you.
0: Absolutely. I, we, I think we've all had failures if we build. done yeah.
1: what, what, what maybe, maybe in one of these, maybe you could share. Uh, Absolutely. If,
0: yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess probably six years ago, we, um, another bolt on, we decided to buy, we were doing a lot of development, decided to buy a concrete company, which, you know, we were using a lot of. Same concept, go back. Hey, what do we spend a lot of money on? Spend a lot of money on a concrete company. So I, I go to purchase a concrete company. You know, still me being, you know, young minded at that time, I, I guess you would say in that sort of business, you know, concrete companies are dependent on the laborers and, you know, the crew leaders. And it, it's dependent on them to do it right every time. You know, that that whole marketplace of people and employees is tough, man. Those guys come in drunk about eight days a week. You know, they come in late. They don't want to work late, you know, and you know, with concrete, you get one shot to get it right. Cause it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. It, it gets hard and it's not like you can change it or do anything else with it. You know, I was having a ton of problems with employees. Ton of problems with you know people just not doing what they were supposed to do. Couldn't get people to show up on time. You know, we'd have concrete come in. We'd have three people there when we needed six, and it just was a nightmare. After about probably fourteen or fifteen months of that, I just we scrapped it all. You know, it's just it's easier for me and less brain damage you know, to just hire it back out again. You know, it's one of those things that we tried. It didn't work. That's not for me. Next. You can't get bogged down in in the losses, you know, because if you do, you you won't allow yourself to, you got to allow yourself to make mistakes in order to learn, right? As long as you learn from it, it's not a mistake. It's just a lesson.
1: Yeah. And I think that um, one thing that I'm also catching from you, which I think is very cool, is you almost create an incubator for it. You you have it prepared that even as I'm talking with you, you're like, hey, as I move forward, look over our invoice at the end of this year, who knows, maybe I'm acquiring a different company. Right. And then in that, when you acquire that, what are some of the things that you look
0: for when you acquire a business? You know, most of the time, you know, we do a ton of due diligence, ton of upfront work, a ton, you know, and, and we found that you know, it's just better that way because you don't get caught in a trap, right? You know, we just we just now looked at a deal that we we were just about to do in the uh, the healthcare space. And we did probably, I'd say six to eight months worth of due diligence. Probably cost us $100,000, $120,000 flying around all these places, looking at different stuff. And at the end of the day, we decided to scrap that deal. You know the due diligence in front side is it, it means a world of difference.
1: Yeah, that one twenty four could have could have cost you two million and and also having to get rid of all Easy. the poison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when so it sounds like I mean that really is the formula that you laid out. You basically parlayed and um, what, what would you say or three reasons on why you would acquire, or maybe, I don't need to say three, but what would be a real good reason on why you would acquire something? And then why would it be a reason you would not? Because it sounds like what you just said, you know, you found out after. So unfortunately you're like, those are the ones that you say I should dump, right? (laughs) And then,
0: you know, with the, you know, with like the, you know, the reasons you would acquire is, you know, to save brain damage, to, to learn from the prior owner's, you know, mistakes and successes also, you know, they know what works. They know what doesn't work, you know, and if you can get that training and that leadership of three, four, five, 10 years worth of mistakes and you can get that all, you know, if, if they agree to stay on for three months or six months, if you can get all that in three or six months, man, that's huge. You just save 10 years worth of learning. You piled it all into three or six months. You know, if you could do that, just think about it, If you could do that, over and over and over and over, you know. How, now I, I notice you're,
1: you're doing events now, right?
0: Yes, sir. We're you're doing so labs. We're so. also doing Zooms.
1: Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, maybe open the door a little bit about acquisition management. Uh, maybe you can share with a little bit about what that is all about.
0: Yeah, so with Acquisitionpreneur, we're doing, hey, we're doing Zooms, we have a different class or a different group each month. Uh, We do four live events each year where we teach in person. Just depends on, you know, some people like, like Zoom, other people rather be there in person. It just depends on how you learn is really the main thing. You know, we, we teach all of our strategies, you know, why acquisitions, why, why we'll never do another startup. You know, we teach, you know, the who, the what, the where, the when, why you know, why do we want to do these deals? You know, where can we find the deals? You know, we've developed, once again, I'm from the IT side. So we've developed a deal machine on the backside that goes out and finds these off-market deals, kind of like the real estate guys do with I was going to ask
1: you, I went to one of those Dean,
0: um, yeah, I
1: went to his event, uh, a while back or whatever. And I was just curious to see his demeanor and how he kind of handled himself and went and checked that out here in San Diego. And he, um, that was the formula, right? It was, that, that was you, what you just said. I went, I've been here before. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, with that, what it is, is the, and I'll just kind of give the synopsis of the experience, but basically go in, they give you education, um, formulated with people that have done it before. And it's subjected to those that are ready for the opportunity right then. And how, how many have you done of these? Um, and are, they're, they're wrapped around business acquisition. Maybe you buy like Uh, Maybe I'm only going to say a subway or something like that, but whatever you might buy nine subways as an acquisition or something like
0: that. Right. So, you know, we buy businesses that are their revenues one to $5 million, you know, with at least a 25 to 30% profit margin. We'll bring in sales operations, finance, scale them up in hopes for an exit in 24 to 36 months. You know, we, we buy, like I said, in that one to $5 million range, And we try to exit somewhere in the 10 to $20 million range. So we'll make all the upside there in the middle while we're holding the company and then hopefully exit, you know, for a a decent paycheck.
1: I think one thing, um, and you probably can debug this pretty quick, but there is, um, Maybe an underlining thing that when large companies and conglomerates like yourself go in and buy business, just buying and buying and buying them, there's an emotional detachment from the community to the to the owner. Right. It starts becoming this corporate concept. How have you found to keep that community when just acquiring businesses is a number game? Um, I, I remember I used to have a thing called the penny saver out here. I don't know how far they went out, but it was pretty large here in California. And um, someone had worked for me for a while and, and kind of was moonlighting with me and doing some work with me. And I remember one day she just called me up and she said, my 25-year job, is the doors are just shut. And they got acquired by a company in New York that just flattened them out. And I remember hearing that and I'm like, well, that's not every situation. But I know that that probably is a part of the ebb and flow of, of the way the deal is done is where I'm getting at. So how how do you kind of get around from that so that you can kind of make sure that, you know, grandma still likes going to get cookies from someone they know. (laughs) That's
0: right. For sure. So, you know, we only buy stuff that we know we can add value to. We're not trying to buy anything to close it. You know, that's some of these, the bigger companies strategies. That's just not us. You know, we want to buy something that is already performing well that we see where, you know, maybe we can tweak this knob over here change something over here, do this over there maybe add a little operational capital to it to be able to expand you know we like stuff that we can go in and fix. It's not that we don't want something that's failing. we don't do turnarounds at all. It's got to be it's got to be profitable but we only buy stuff that we know we can fix you know and and grow I guess not just fix but stuff that we know we can add value to. I use this analogy a
1: lot in my program that I that I run and um, I say that it's kind of like Super Mario Kart when you when you get with either a good coach or you buy a business um, or you get a new framework and it's almost like when you start, I use Super Mario because who's going to mess that up, but when you kind of take off and you know when you hit the arrow and it just literally just takes you off. And that's kind of what happens. And then all of a sudden it kind of slows down, kind of like motivation compared to actual determining to get it. But you really get that bolt of, of either energy or, and if you're in the right, if you are acquiring, you are you leaving the owner um, in by a percentage or are you acquiring restaffing?
0: If, if the owner's ready to go, you know, if they're ready to sell off in the sunset, you know, we we try to promote the number two. You know, we don't we don't want to we don't we're not like some of these guys that come in there and want to just gut the whole business and start over. And we want to promote from within those guys know where the bodies are buried, they know what the problems are. If we can take them and they're hungry and we can mold them and give them some better systems, operations, and processes, you know, we really think that we can build something, something great.
1: Now, with these events that you do, um, I, I had noticed uh, you, you, on Facebook, I noticed you, you, you kind of just started kind of doing getting into the thing of, of Facebook and, and really, ex- I don't want to use the word exposing yourself. That doesn't come out right. But the, the, the right. sense of bringing yourself out and, and, and making yourself like we had said, you know, currency is attention. What was that like? It sounded like you were more in the background of, of non-social events and, and now you've put yourself in front you know right yeah i mean
0: challenge. it's. i've only had a, a facebook account for probably a year and a half mm-hmm. you know i was i was one of the last the last mohicans that held out right you waited so, until they cha- they actually changed the name by the time you <laughs> showed up i showed up and made them change it Jason. i like your style you so, acquired it you they acquired a new game you set it up that's it that's it <laughs> so you know i i I've always operated good, you know, in the background, you know, I'm, I'm super operational and, and super driven back there. I've just never, I've never been one to kind of be in the foreground until, you know, we started teaching the, you know, our methods and stuff like that and trying to find other operators. And you know, we're trying to find other guys just like us that want to go to work that, you know, want to change their lives and change their families' lives. Right. You know, and it's it's tough to find those folks, especially, you know, I, like I told you, I come from a small town of 12,000 people. You know, you know three-quarters of the people in the town. You know, it, it's it's tough to find that outside talent without without soliciting for it, I guess you would call it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, that's, that's the reason that I decided to go ahead and get social media is just to try to reach out and find other guys just like us that, that just wanted to go to work, and make some money, change their lives, their families' lives, and their employees' lives. I think
1: it's really powerful to hear that statement, what you said, because um, there, how do I say this? There's companies out there that still aren't collecting email addresses. You know, and it's it's cool to see that people shift at their own pace. And you I think people also need to understand that success is not social media. And I think that there's a lot of work that happens outside of it. It's an expression. Um, We do these things to kind of share our stories and and get to know people and and be able to help people. But um, I think that it's a cool story that kind of broke, broke through that. And, and being in that, what, um, what are some of those things? um, Or, or, or did you, or I guess the pinnacle would be like, did you find yourself going, I'm not going to expand if I don't make this move? Because you were already doing a well. I mean, it's not like you had to add another exposure to yourself. You already had that environment. What, what was that catalyst for you?
0: You know, at the end of the day, like you said, you know, I, I didn't have to expand, you know, with all the rentals and, and the tech support company and everything. You know, I'm not too bad off, you know, I could pay my bills. But, you know, it like I told you earlier, you know, it was the thrill of the chase. I felt like that, you know, I didn't have any other good people that wanted to go to work. I couldn't find any other people that that enjoyed the same things that I did, you know, business-wise, you know, so, and, and, you know, how do you meet those people? How do you find those people? You know, going, you know, zero to 12,000 people, you know, I could put up a billboard in my hometown, but if I want to reach somebody outside of those little walls, you know, you've got to have some sort of other, media form or marketing form to get to them. And that's that's the real reason. Just looking for other guys that, that are just like me that
1: want to go to work. Pretty fascinating how you find them, right? I mean the internet kind of exposes, I mean, the the fake, but it also helps the good ones sure. <laughs> out there too. I pulled up, I always like to do this. It's kind of fun. And it kind of opened up a little bit in the beginning of our conversation. But I always like to kind of open up some news that's going on. And, and there was an um, Insider magazine, uh, magazine, uh, I guess it is Insider magazine, but Insider.com, Business Insider. And the, uh, the article was about Scott Galloway. Here are the companies uh, that I predict will get acquired and by whom. And I thought this one was really interesting. I thought I'd just throw this one out here talking about acquisitions. Three weeks ago someone floated the idea of paypal buying pinterest pypl which is your stock plunges five percent the next day um and the company then denied the rumors our thesis paypal's management leaked the story as a trial balloon and let it float away when the market threw up the notion of pin uh, pin pal i was saying that they're going to change it what do you think in your opinion this article is really about these large companies acquiring and these numbers are so astronomical in acquisitions that we see as business people like for example i mean i don't even they didn't even put an acquisition an acquired number or anything like that and i could only imagine 500 million dollars i mean what more than that 5 billion what's i mean how do you how do you create value on such a large company like that you know
0: i don't I'm not sure what PayPal's purpose would be in, in buying Pinterest. I'm sure there's an underlying, you know, an, under, an underlying purpose, but, you know, maybe the technology or something like that that they're buying because, you know, you can't monetize Pinterest at this time. So, you know, I, I'm not sure what their, their whole thought pattern behind that is, but, you know, with Facebook where they acquired Instagram and they acquired WhatsApp, you know, they what's that for their technology, for their and platforms. You think that so, there should
1: be a place? I mean, uh, <laughs> I asked someone how much money do you want to make? He said, that's never the end. So I guess it's, it's not the real question. But I would ask, um, should there be a place in our government as we watch these companies fold up? these massive companies that have acquired 35 companies underneath them. How is that affecting our society, do you think? And being close to the space, and I can tell you care, um, you're in the level of actually acquisition and value. Um, but some of these things just get sweeped under the rug, and it's like ripping out any ability to compete. I mean, it's like. I don't,
0: you know, I don't think that. You can't look at it that way, in my opinion. You know, you can't, you can't look at you know, worried about getting copied or, or competition, you know, competition is good for everyone in the market, Sure. you know, because it it drives us all and it it makes us all want to, to be better than, you know, our competition, in my opinion. So, you know, I think, you know, one thing I like is, is, you know, collaboration over competition. I'd I'd much rather work with you than try to compete against you. We can all make more money in the long run. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, when you get to those big companies like that, obviously, you know, a lot of times there there's not going to be any collaboration because they're so big, they don't have to have you. Right. But, you know, it's always. You know, always stuff like that is, you know, if if they like what you've got going on and they like what you're doing, hey, it's they're a future potential, you know, customer or a future potential place for you to sell when you get ready to exit. You know. Those, I those guys don't like, I,
1: I think that my side is more or less on an. I mean, I'm, I'm a capitalist. I believe in capitalism. It's totally cool. But at the end of the day, I think there's an interesting thing. That there's a very thin line of this monopoly option that we have going on, and it's 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 if it's a race to the top, the bigger your bigger your chips are, obviously you parlay a lot faster. And I could see in the middle ground as certain levels of financial assets grow and things but when you get to a certain level i as i don't have the answer it's more or less open just kind of a discussion that you are getting to a place where any new technology is just acquired by the largest companies so you don't have anybody that can kind of get their place so the direction is just still under the one hammer i guess you would say
0: right and i understand what you're saying but you know for those guys are are big guys you know for guys like like me, who, who want to do the one to $20 million deals. Those are great guys because I've got a market that I can sell whatever product it is I buy. I've got a market I can sell it to. Yeah. Those guys are always acquiring smaller guys like us for our technology Mm. for our, you know, systems or processes. You know, I think, I, I think, you know, it's just like everything else, you know, it's, it's what you make of it. Right. Sure. If you if you look at them and get scared, then, you know, they're a threat. If you look at them and and say, well, hey, I can build something for them or I can acquire two or three things, bundle them up and sell them off to them. I I mean, it's it's uh, opens up a whole new world of opportunities.
1: So maybe the answer would be. um, If you were in the situation, would you do it? and the majority of people that end up in that situation would take action and do it. And the majority of people that aren't taking the action or doing the hard work, like you had mentioned earlier, <laughs> but. they're not positioned to make the decision. Is that a, Do you think it's a fair adjustment
0: to, to how people see those things? Yeah, possibly. You know, I, But I think, you know, I think, you know, you, you are your own, you know, your own, you, you can create your own path. You know, that's that's one of the great things about, you know, our government, the way it's set up now. You know, there are no restrictions on what you can do beside yourself. You know, if you want to do it, you can go out there and do it. I mean, there's so much free education out there right now. You know, I mean, you got YouTube, you got Facebook, Instagram, all that. But, you know, you got the Internet. You know, when I was 10, 12, 15 I mean, the internet was just starting. We didn't have all that cool stuff. You know, if you wanted to learn, you had to go out there and get your head beat in. I and mean, it's not that way anymore.
1: Yeah. I think that um, your story tells a lot of cool stuff, man. I mean, I, I can tell that uh, you put your head down, uh, you paid attention, you made moves. And I think that what a lot of listeners will get from this is uh, the parlay that you did. And, and you really kept parlaying. And I think that um, when you did it, you took risk. And I think that that kind of puts you in that position. Now, there came a moment where uh, it sounds like the majority of the stuff you're doing always had a a caring environment to it. I get the demeanor from you. Things aren't easy always, but I get that demeanor from you. And after that, um, when you decided to kind of go into this field of saying, look, we're going to bring people to help them um, kind of do it for themselves, what was that shift for you? Because that's a different business model, right? Because you are not but this way you're not the manager in that environment you're 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 the opportunist but you're not the manager so you can't
0: do it for (laughs) right you know with uh with the guys guys and girls or are you know mentees uh, a lot of times you know we offer we offer a part of the program where you know we will put up some of the money some of the capital and buy into the business with them if it's a good deal and, you know, be there with them consulting from a high level. Now, obviously, you know, if, if they buy a tire shop, I'm not going out there to change the tires. Right. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, I can, you know, we can consult from a high level, let them learn from our past mistakes. Right. Which they're buying time at that point. You know, it, it, it was, we started doing the the consulting and the education, like I said, just to look for other operators, just to look for, you know, people that thought like us, people that really wanted to go to work. And I think that that separates, you know, the there is a small fee to to come in and learn, you know, that separates the doers from the not doers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're the guys that just want to sit there on the couch and, and read and never take action. Those aren't the guys I'm after anyway. Right. You know, I'm after the folks that, that want to go to work. Yeah. And that,
1: you know, I I think that um, the the ladder that you have there gives you your why is what I'm kind of getting, is that there's a lot further that's there. And and when you when you kind of did it for yourself, you kind of proved it, then you basically parlayed it. And then you went, Well, wait a minute here, I have all this revenue and for me to move the needle is a lot easier these days than it used to be, right? And so right. in that, it sounds like that's what you kind of parlay. How do people, this is a, This has been fantastic, my friend. This has been a great podcast. I've, I've enjoyed, I think that everybody's learned a lot about just acquisition mindset. And, and also the one thing that I thought you brought up really well was, you know, you you did your due diligence, you slowed the ship down and you said, look, is it worth it? You're willing to lose $120,000 to somebody who doesn't want to lose that in a year, but ultimately um, it's a percentage of a portfolio. You're willing to take a risk. And the same people have revenues and portfolios; they can take their risk too.
0: Right. How do people calculate risk? What say that again? So it's all about calculated risk.
1: Calculated risk. So in that calculated risk, I think people would probably want to connect with you. Um, uh, where is the best place to connect with you? How can they connect with you? How can they get involved with your events? Um, And now that you're on Facebook, we're going to get them over there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I've got a I've got the Facebook account under Michael Byers and I've got a uh, Instagram account under Michael Byers Investor.
1: That's B-Y-A-R-S.
0: Yep, correct. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-B-Y-A-R-S.
1: Well, that's awesome, man. I think that uh, this is incredible. Um, If you're going to do some acquisitions or you're going to be wanting to learn how to do acquisitions or partner with acquisitions, uh, Michael's your dude. Thanks a lot, man. And uh, thanks for joining me on the MOVE podcast. Thanks, Jason. If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes,
0: MOVE is to entrepreneurs.